1: All right, we are back at episode twenty-eight. Episode twenty-eight. This episode, we're going to talk about what is ARV. ARV stands for after repair value. For those of you, those of you that do not know, and we're going to talk about how to get it right. Uh, that's very important. Uh, how to get it right. So I'll be right back to you in just a second. All right, what is ARV? Sorry for that pause. I had to clear my throat a little bit before I come on. I wasn't, I guess I sat down, got a little excited. I just love doing this podcast. I have a great time and I'm glad you guys listen. I'm getting great feedback, which reminds me, if you love the show and you're on iTunes, please reach out and give us a review. Uh, We'd love to see your review. Five stars is always appreciated you don't think it's worth five stars, well, I'm sorry. Drop me an email and tell me what it needs to get better. It's our goal to make it better for you. This podcast is about you, our listeners. We want to teach you, educate you, get you out there learning to earn. ARV, you know what brought this episode about today is I I was here this morning and... Working with my clients, and the majority of my, of my real estate clients are investors, do a lot of homeowners and whatnot, but uh, many of them are investors, and a lot of them are, are, primary, are rehabbers. Getting bleak out there, and the wholesalers are, are having a hard time getting inventory, and even some of my best wholesalers, they're, they're sucking wind. And what I'm seeing, a trend that I'm seeing here is the ARV is getting farther and farther from accurate. That's the after-repaired value. So you got a house, Okay. And it's tore up. That's why you're getting it at a discount. The sellers got motivation. The wholesaler's going in and they're negotiating the price. Now, obviously, for them to be able to negotiate, they need to know what it's worth once it's all fixed up because essentially that's how you're going to market it to the end user, whether the end user be a rehabber uh, or a buy and hold uh, landlord or potentially a retail buyer. So, all that everything is tied to in the wholesale game, everything is tied to the after repaired value, what it's really going to be worth when it's all done. Now, granted, you know, your, your repair values, they can be all over the place. As far as the amount of repairs, the amount you're going to spend for construction, that can be, it all depends on what type of construct or what type of work you're planning on doing. So these are the things you got to think about what, how much work are you actually going to be doing? Um, you're going to do granite countertops. You're going to do formica. Those are going to have a major, major impact on the repair cost. But we're not talking about repair costs today. I'm not a contractor. I don't pretend to be one. That's Larry Harbolt's job. That's what he did. Today, we're just going to talk about the after-repaired value. Because here's what's going on: the the wholesalers out there. There's more and more of you coming aboard doing wholesaling. Probably not my audience, but there's lots of them in my market, and I'm seeing it in other markets as well across the country. I think your guys are guessing some of these wholesalers. They're out there guessing. They have no idea what the repair after repair value is they're, There's none. Now I run into this all the time with real estate agents drives me crazy. Now real estate agents have all the tools at their fingertips. They have no excuses. They should be able to, to determine within reason what the value, what the market value of a property is. I don't expect them to do an appraisal. They're not licensed appraisers, but even appraisal appraisal is an art. It's not a science. Okay, so it is someone's opinion of value. Granted, appraisers are supposed to be more knowledgeable than the rest of us on how to determine property value, so the banks put a lot of value in the results that an appraiser provides. However, realtors have the exact same tools at their disposal. Granted, they haven't, most of them haven't been to appraisal school, but they should be able to come somewhere in the ballpark of where, what the value should be because here's what's happening, folks, in the marketplace. You guys are going out. You're getting under contract in these properties. That's great. And then you go, let's say you got to go borrow money. And the bank orders an appraisal. And the appraisal comes in drastically lower than what the purchase price is. So what's the bank going to say? Well, the bank's going to say one of two things. Either we're not going to loan you the money or you need to put more money down. And, guys, that's that kind of doesn't really work, at least in my world. In, in, in Tylerville, it doesn't really work. So... Consider when you're out there as an investor, let's say you're a rehabber, you're looking for a property to rehab, and we'll just talk about that for a second. And you're working with the wholesalers. Now there's a lot of reputable wholesalers out there. They're conservative on their ARV, they're after repaired value. They're they're paying attention and because they want you to win because a good ethical wholesaler knows that if you if he gives you a great deal and his numbers are remotely correct, there's a pretty good chance that you'll come back and buy another property from him or her. Now, there's a lot of fly by nights there's these bands of gypsies we got them here in the Tampa Bay area these they they recruit these kids fresh out of college uh they're still wet behind the ears they have no idea what they're doing no experience they in some cases some of them they they open up a brokerage house they get their real estate license cuz you know any moron with the 64 hours of time on their hands and about 300 bucks can get a real estate license ask me how I know but uh they're out there claiming to be professionals now What's happening is buyers, hopefully not any of my audience, that's why I'm doing this episode is to kind of protect you guys, keep you guys from this. You guys are taking what they're saying at, at market at face value. I hear this all the time in the local real estate, in the real estate meetings. Let me tell you, if you're in my market and you go to the Larry Harbold meeting and you stand up and you're, you're playing games, he'll call you out right in front of everybody. Okay. More of that should go on in this industry because well, there's just too much ridiculousness going on. So you need to consider the source of where the after repair value comes from and really the source should be whoever if you're buying the property you need to make up your own mind on what after repair, after repaired value is. Don't necessarily believe the appraisal, don't believe the realtor, don't believe the wholesaler, certainly don't believe the seller. And for the love of all that's holy, don't pay attention to automatic or automated valuators. And what I'm talking about there is your Zillow's, your CoreLogic, your Redfin. That's a computer that has no idea what's going on inside the house. It's using algorithms, mathematical equations that really have no human involvement at all. There's no wiggle room, okay? Sometimes they're very conservative. Sometimes they're ridiculous. Um, they're just way, way, way overvalue. I was in some properties yesterday over in Tampa with one of my investor clients and he's buying a property for his son that they're going to fix it up, they're going to live in it for a couple of years, and then they're going to sell it down the road. So I wouldn't call them a, a flipper by the by usual definition of the word. They're, they're slow and steady, wins the race, they're buying a property, get it done right, <clears throat> let it build up some equity, hopefully the market stays in place. If not, he's in a position to ride it out, so that's good for him. But we looked at properties on the market, $130,000, and it is an absolute train wreck. Guys, I've been in Thousands of properties. I mean, thousands of properties. I have walked over the years, and this one even spooked me. Hundred and thirty thousand dollars, I think, was the asking price. Went back to write an offer at eighty. Okay, I believe it was eighty thousand. Writing the offer on, figuring about thirty thousand in rehab. Um, Anyway, long story short, everything this house needed, absolutely everything you could possibly imagine. Now, before I even got home. I was sitting over at Starbucks having a cup of coffee, writing the offer. I look on Facebook, and some jokers got it on Facebook. They don't even have it under contract yet, which drives me crazy. But they're advertising the same property as if it's their own on Facebook, a wholesaler. And they've got it at $1. They're claiming the the ARV is 199 Guys, I couldn't tell you anything. It couldn't be any farther from the truth. There is no way in its best day if that house was wrapped in gold leaf that it would ever be worth 199 Neighborhood just won't support it. The highest price sale in that neighborhood in any recent time frame in the last year, two years, whatever, I think was 160,000 tops. There's no way this thing's going to bring 199,000. So there's $39,000 of you're a moron built in. That's what I'm going to call it. 39,000 of you're a moron, which means if that guy actually believes that, he's a moron. I don't think he really believes it, though. I think half these guys, they're they're, they're paying attention. They know what's going on. They know they can sucker you into getting you on paper. They're only advertising for cash buyers okay most cash buyers don't get an appraisal I don't know why but whatever it's you know you do what you want to do a lot of our clients that have come to us now they, they come to us after they've already bought it you know they, they've gotten burnt now they come to me and say Tyler please help me fix this problem I paid hundred ninety nine thousand for this property I'm like well I don't know what to t- I don't know what to tell you I guess you need to put a tenant in it and write it out wait till I don't know. You can figure out how to wrap this thing in gold leaf, whatever. But don't come to me after you've already made the mistakes. Come to us. Come to first. Come to us first. Find a professional in your area that has a good understanding of market value. Tap into that resource. Buy them lunch. Buy me Starbucks. Give me a Starbucks gift card. You can bet your BIPI. I'll, I'll do a, a BPO for you. No problem. I have no problem doing that. So consider the source of where you're getting your information. You absolutely should be the one making the determination on that. Now, how do, how do you determine an ARV? There's a million different ways. Everybody's got an opinion, but here's the deal. You need to know your neighborhood. Okay? You need to know the subdivision. Don't be out there swinging and missing. I mean, it's your money. If you want to pitter it away, that's fine. But don't be out there guessing. Don't be swinging and missing. Don't take unnecessary risks and just pull all the comps and only pick the ones that look good. That's what some of the wholesalers are doing. That's what real estate agents that are afraid of their clients are doing. That's why you're seeing a lot of overpriced real estate on the market. They don't have any control over the property, none whatsoever. They're letting the client walk all over them. Know the neighborhood, know what the trends are. Let's say you're talking about a three bedroom, two bath house, 1,500 square foot, three bedroom, two bath, 1,500 square foot. That means don't compare four bedroom, three bath, 3,000 square foot houses. That's not a comp. And no, you cannot adjust that down. If you're in a subdivision, that means where you've got several houses within a given radius, let's say a half mile or a mile, you should be able to find a comparable that is close. And that reme- that means get in the car and drive around. Now, obviously, you can't do that if you're in another part of the state or another part of the country and you're trying to figure it out. But that's where you need to employ some boots on the ground, get people out there to look at the property, get a feel for the neighborhood, call the real estate agents that are hungry. The hungry ones will help you out. Second, you gotta know your customer. Okay, whether you're a you're gonna buy it, flip it, and fix and uh, fix it and flip it, you need to know who that end buyer is gonna be. Are you are you selling it to a retail customer? Are you fixing it for a rental rehab? Is the end user gonna be a tenant? These are the things that you need to understand. When you know your buyer, who is your customer? The question you should be asking yourself first and foremost is, who is my customer? Who is my customer? I'm buying this asset. I'm acquiring this asset. Who is my customer? Who is going to give me money for use of this property? And if you can't answer that question, you've got no business pulling the trigger on that deal. I'm here to tell you, you have to understand who your customer is. So if your buyer is an end buyer, and you've got to think about what does the neighborhood support, you've got the three-bedroom, two-bath house we just talked about, okay? 1,500 square feet. It's in okay condition. You're looking at the sold data, you're looking at the previous sold properties, and the ones that sold the best had, let's say, I don't know, Corian countertops. And they had recently updated bathrooms and they had builder-grade cabinetry. What that means, folks, is that you don't have to go out and spend $10,000 on a bathroom to duplicate that generally. If you do good work and you do quality work and it shows, then you should be able to reach those income levels, that those those price, price points. Don't make the mistake of, and a lot of people do this, go out and put in granite countertops or copper-wrapped whatever, $30,000 kitchens in a, in a neighborhood of $150,000 houses. That dog doesn't hunt. You're going to spend all that money, but you're not going to get that money back, at least not all of it. You're going to get some of it back. It's going to attract people. But, guys, you can make up a lot of that with a real, hiring a really good painter, okay, Having, some, having the cabinets redone, having them done correctly so they line up, they're even, the drawers aren't falling off, they're not crooked, things like that. Think about fit and finish, okay? Reach out to your appraisers. Now, once you know your customer, I got a little bit ahead of myself there, but once you know who your end buyer is, then you can uh, match the property to the end buyer. What I teach people, when I'm teaching people about wholesaling, and I, and this is what I, the way I learned it from my mentor is, find houses for buyers not buyers for houses as long as you stick with that I'll say it again find houses for buyers not the other way around houses for buyers if you're focused on finding houses for buyers you will stay within a certain niche for example the three-bedroom two-bath hundred and fifty thousand dollar ARV house so on the hundred and fifty thousand dollar ARV house if you're a wholesaler and let's say you want to get that at 70%. You're going to need to get into that property for somewhere around $100,000 to 105000 minus the rehab budget. Now, if you're a good wholesaler and you've done your homework and you know your buyers very well, you should be able to, by visiting their rehab projects, this is something that you should do. It's a good practice to get into. You sell a property to a rehabber, drop by the, pro- pro- the property a few weeks later, and ask questions. Why would you choose this cabinet over that cabinet? What did you spend on the rehab? Try to get an idea of what they're spending and that will help you determine approximately what the repairs are. Because if you're buying at 70% of value or 70% of ARV, that's minus repairs. So that's 70% comes out to 105,000. And Then you have to take the repairs out of that. So if it's $50,000 rehab job, that means you need to get it for 55,000, okay? Another way to determine the value, of course, besides knowing your customer because remember, think about this, whoever buys the property is probably going to use a mortgage to pay for it. Chances are that's going to happen. Again, that comes down to market research, knowing your neighborhoods. So if that's the case, they're going to use an FHA, a VA, a conventional loan, the property, the bank is going to require an appraisal. So if you're the rehabber and you're trying to determine the ARV of this property, you better make sure That it's going to pass appraisal guidelines. In other words, don't use four bedroom, five bath houses with five car garages and a pool to determine ARV. It sounds great to get people under contract, but realistically, the deal's going to fall apart because the bank's not going to loan money on it. So don't fall into that trap. Don't get yourself stuck doing that. You may want to make friends with an appraiser. You know, appraisers are starving to death. They do what they do for four or 500 bucks, sometimes 300 bucks if they're starving to death. So think about that. Maybe taking an appraiser out to lunch, picking their brain a little bit, getting an idea of what type of criteria. Now, they're not going to teach you every bit of their job, but at least put them in a position of authority, and maybe they will share with you some quick tips, some hints to get stuff done so you can help you determine what the value should be. And another resource, of course, is the real estate agents. Talk to them. Ask them what's selling in the market where the price structure came from. Look, have them show you examples. They should be able to provide you with comparable sales. Do your own homework. Think of it like a buyer. Don't think of it like the guy selling the house. Think of yourself as the buyer. Now when it's fixed up, what would you reasonably pay if you were provided these same comparable sales you need to think about this. Some of the things that we're going to talk about influences for a minute, the things that are going to influence the value of the property. And more importantly, when you're looking at the comparable sales, the things that are going to affect whether or not it's a valid comparable sale or how much weight that comparable holds against the property you're looking at. So with influences, think about the distance of the comparables. Like I said earlier, I've seen people tell me that, well, the one three miles down the road, five subdivisions away in a different three different three zip codes away is a comp. Well, no, it's not. I'm sorry, but it's not. Unless you're in some rural area in the middle of the country and there's a farmer's field between you and the next farmhouse, then if you're in a subdivision with several models of that same house, you should be able to find several comps within a, within a quarter mile or a half mile of your area if you're in a suburban community. And now architectural differences is a big one. Try to find, if you've got a ranch house, for example, ranch style or, or traditional or Tudor or something like that, try to match the architectural style, which means you're going to do a little more work. Yes, I know. It's hard. I'm sorry, but I'm trying to save you money. You've got to look at the different architectural styles and make sure you match up your comparable sales to similar architectural styles. In other words, if you're dealing with a two-story house with a contemporary design, then try to find other two-story houses with a contemporary design. Don't compare it to a one-story ranch, unless you absolutely have no other options, you want to compare apples to apples, not apples to cherries, okay? Lot size, that's a big one that's overlooked. Real estate agents are terrible for this. They always skip looking at the lot size. Now, if it's a couple hundred square foot difference, that's not going to make a difference. If there's a, if there's a sliver, of, a, a tiny shred of difference, then fine. But if a comparable property backs up to a lake, let's say, or is twice the size or on a double lot or a triple lot, well, that comparable, you need to factor that in. So you can't apply the full value of that comparable to your subject property. So think about these things. Numbers of bedrooms and baths. It's quite common where you'll see three-bedroom, one-bath houses in neighborhoods that are full of two-bedroom houses. That will generally tell you that somebody probably either added a bedroom or converted a garage. So what I do to be conservative when I'm figuring my math, if that's the case, I've done my research. If that's the case, I will use, in some cases, two-bedroom, one-bath comparables. Because some people want a garage. And if the garage has been converted, that may be a negative for them. Remember, I'm focused on what the end user is going to want. Because that is what ARV really is. That's what ARV depends on is... Who is gonna ultimately buy the property? Everything backs up to that. So you need to be thinking about who that customer is. I'm gonna say it probably thirty more times. Just kidding, I'm probably not. Garage size or none, getting back to the bedroom thing, converting the bedrooms over to converting the garage over to a bedroom. The garage size, is it a two bed, or a two-car garage, three-car garage, one car garage, or does it even have a garage? So if the property you have, let's say, has a one-car garage. And a comparable is superior, let's say it has a two car garage, then you're going to need to make changes to the numbers to reflect that. In other words, the comparable will hold, the weight of the comparable will fluctuate depending on if it's superior or inferior to the subject property. These are things you've got to be thinking about. Square footage. Square footage is a big one. Now, appraisers, they keep it tight. The appraisers, at least in my local market, when they do an appraisal, they try to keep it within a quarter mile. If they can't find good comps within a quarter mile, they're going to go out a half mile, three quarters of a mile, maybe a mile, and that's even a stretch. But realistically, it's, all, it's usually less than a half a mile. Square footage range, it's going to be usually within three to 500 square foot of the subject property. So if you've got a 1,000 square foot property, don't use 1,700 square foot comps. Try to keep it close to the size of the subject property. Because, again, your calculations all come down to ARV. Everything's based off of ARV. It's garbage in, garbage out, things you've got to think about. Lastly, when you're marketing for sale, how to get it right, how to get the ARV right, you know, there's nothing better than when you goofed up than when you goofed up on ARV in your favor. You did all your math based on that house being worth $150,000, and guess what? You were wrong. It's worth one sixty. You know, that's called called $10,000 of forced appreciation. That's a found appreciation, rather. That's a beautiful thing. $10,000 of found appreciation. That makes me smile ear to ear. How are you going to get that extra money? Biggest mistake rehabbers do, they do this all the time. I don't understand why they do it. They did all this work to pick out the right combination of materials. They do a great rehab job. They got it looking good. Then they find some flunky real estate agent, or worse, they hire it. They try to sell it themselves. They stick a crappy old for sale by owner sign, one of those red and white ones that you buy at Home Depot for $1.50. They stick that in front of this brand new house that's got granite countertops. I don't understand this. Somebody send me an email. Tell me why you'd, in heaven's name you do this. You've, ten, you've done all this work to get top value out of this house. Go out and invest in a decent sign. More importantly, go out and hire a rock star real estate agent. And I mean, when I mean rock star, I mean rock star. Not some joker that's going to come in and say, well, you're an investor. I'll do it for 4 or 3% or 2% or I'll wash your car if I can sell your house. That's not going to work, guys. You need somebody that has the, first of all, has the money to effectively market your property. If it's a fresh rehab, it, it maybe it needs to be staged depending on the price point. You should interview several agents and look at properties they've sold and have them show you the marketing they've done for those properties. And here's what you do. You pay them well. Now, granted, yes, I am a licensed real estate agent in the state of Florida, and I could care less if you hired me to sell your property in Montana. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to convince you to hire me, nor am I trying to convince you to hire my buddy. What I'm trying to convince you to do is to save yourself. Now, I just had a deal lit locally, a hundred thousand dollars house. This guy is offering 2% in the MLS. He used some discount broker. He's offering 2% in the MLS. So most of the agents, I hate to tell you, they're not going to show it or they're going to show it last, put it that way. So it sat on the market, sat on the market, sat on the market, sat on the market. Four or five months it sat on the market. What does he do? he reduces the price by $27,000. So let's do the math on that. So $250,000 house, right? You multiply that by 1%. He was offering 2%, okay, or 2.5%. So if he would have done 1% more, that's a whopping $2,500. Instead, he reduced the price of his house by $27,000. I'm here to tell you the house was worth every bit of the original sales price if he would have hired an agent and paid them very well to do it for him. Let's say he paid them half of that, $10,000. So an additional 4% on top of the 2.5. So the, get this. What if he's, the, the person that sold it got 6.5%? He's still money ahead versus doing a price reduction. Yes, real estate agents, the commission is expensive. On the spreadsheet, it looks very expensive. But I'm here to tell you, if you find the right agent, it becomes free. Because at the end of the day, who's really paying the real estate commission? It's the buyer. So if you're out there rehabbing properties, find that Rockstar agent. If you're not comfortable doing that, you don't know where to go find those agents, you get on the phone with me. Go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask. Tyler cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Make an appointment. Send me an email info at cashflowguys.com. Tell me you need help finding a rockstar agent in your local market. I don't care if you're in San Diego, Buffalo, New York, Seattle, Washington, or Canada. Pick up the phone. Drop me an email. Send me a text. Carry your pigeon. Doesn't matter. I will find you that rockstar agent. So you're out of excuses. That rockstar agent, they'll get you top dollar for your property. And I'll run them through the ringer for you because I already know what they're thinking, what they're going to say, and I can, I can sift through their garbage, okay? I can weed them out for you. And bonus for me, I'll get a referral fee out of the deal from the agent. That's a beautiful win-win situation. So we talked about hiring a pro, 2% versus 4% versus 6%. Good Lord, pay them. You know, if you hire a cheap contractor, do you get good work? No, you get lousy work. Don't be silly. Asking them how they market it. Educate them on the features and benefits of the property. If you did a service upgrade to the electrical system, educate the agent who's selling it to you or for you. Educate them on the fact that you got a new roof and that it has a warranty and that you got a new hot water heater and you bought these special cabinets and they're not cheap builder's grade, that you used a licensed electrician to do the work on the electrical system or used licensed plumbers. You pulled permits. All of these things are value-add scenarios. So if you're hiring an agent because you're smart, Because you want to get top dollar for your property, then educate them on these things. Same thing, marketing. Guys, if you've hired a rock star agent, you should not have to market your own property. If that's the case, if you are marketing your own property, then I'll tell you this right now, and I don't care if I get sued by all the real estate agents on the planet. If If you can't find your own house for sale when you've hired a real estate agent to sell it for you, step one, fire that agent. Step two, hire a different one. It's that simple. With today's social media, your property should, people should be tired of looking at your property. They should be sick and tired of it. Oh, I wish someone would just buy that stupid house because I'm tired of looking at it. That's what all your friends and family should be saying. Now, it's one thing to share their advertising on your social media. That does help because it's, think of as six degrees of separation. It introduces it to your sphere. You go on a place like Facebook your the agent's only going to reach so many people on Facebook. They're not going to be able to reach every single person on Facebook. So share it. Ask your friends to share the advertising. That's how social media works. But again, you should be able to find your own property online. And I don't mean on Zillow. I mean on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. You can advertise properties all over the place. So I hope you guys found that useful, this information useful, and you understand the importance of ARV. And more importantly, if you're one of those bottom feeder wholesalers out there that is manufacturing the ARV, you're ripping people off. That's what you're doing. You're ripping people off. Stop ripping people off. That's not, there's no room for scam artists in this business. That's not what this business is about. You need to go sell used cars or something. No disrespect to the used car salesman. I'm sure there's plenty out there that are really good guys do the right thing take care of each other pay it forward i am glad you took the time to spend with me today i enjoyed spending my time with you i hope you learned something today that's valuable that you can take out in the field and put to work we are going to, as always, if you want to get on the phone with me and you get stuck, you need some help getting going in your real estate investing career, go to cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. Cashflowguys.com forward slash ask Tyler. By the way, our new website has been released. It's been totally updated. We're not 100% done with it. There's more great stuff coming. So get out to cashflowguys.com, take a look. Join our Facebook group at cashflowguys.com forward slash group. Cashflowguys.com forward slash group that will give you access to our Facebook group. You can interact with me and all the guests on our show. And I thank you for coming out and spending the time with me today and enjoy learning to earn.